Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. Well, welcome to this episode of the Discover You podcast, and you are in for a treat today. In my studios, I have a super good friend of mine, Jeremiah Madlosa, all the way from Durban or Kwamashu, South Africa. And uh, I consider him my brother from another mother because when we met in 2005, our souls just kind of knit together and we have been working together in some capacity from then on. And so I've been over there three times to visit him. And he's when he comes to the States, he uh, usually comes and stays with us for a night or so just to fellowship. And I always take him to a really cool eating place because that's what I do. And if he can't come here uh, as close as he can get, I'll come see him there. And uh, some periodically we'd let him when we had an extra vehicle, he, he would use our extra vehicle and that sort of thing. So I just wanted you guys to hear him and hear his journey on how he became, uh, found his calling and found who discovered himself. And so we're going to actually just kind of tell his life story, starting with his father and kind of give the background, but he's got some really interesting stories. And so I want you guys to listen to him today. And I really believe it's going to be something that really speaks to you. So welcome to the podcast, Jeremiah. Thank you, my brother, James. It's good to be here. You are a blessing and you are doing a great work for Jesus. I am a Christian generation. My father got saved uh, through missionaries from the United States of America. But my father, before he got saved, he was practicing ancestral worship. That means they believed that the forefathers, when they died, they are the one close to God. They can ask blessings through them. And when there is a sickness in the family, they will go to the witch doctors and the witch doctors will tell them what to do. My father, when he had children and then they got sick, and then my father will visit the witch doctors. The witch doctors will tell my father that he needs to do an animal blood sacrifice. My father did that. Instead of a child to be healed, child died. And then he will go back to the witch doctors. I said, well, when I was practicing that, I did everything you told me. And the witch doctors will throw bones. And then also they will tell my father that when you were doing that animal blood sacrifice, there is your great, great grandfather. He is mad at you. Now he wants you to do another animal blood sacrifice, but not to include him with other ancestors just for him. My father did that, but instead of another child to be healed, another child died. So all these children were born, they lived, they got sick and died. So my father was tossed back and forth until he lost five children in his family. One day in an area, I was born in a shower, 
where there is no electricity, where there is no water. I was born under the mud hut. My father, going to the crusade, these missionaries, they put up a tent using a generator so that they can have power. My father was attending this crusade, not much interested to know about Jesus. His motives and his attitude was a little bit off. He was going there more interested in women. He was told that those women that are doing praise and worship are beautiful. He was already married to my mother, but he was thinking of getting a second wife because in our culture, even today, some they still practice polygamy that men can have many wives as he wants, but women, they do not have that privilege. My father, when he got inside the tent, came a woman bitten by a snake. In Africa, it's very common that uh, we do not have tie rods, so it's all tall grass. People are easily bitten by the snakes, which imamba snakes, which are very dangerous, very poisonous. My father, sitting there very skeptical, I said, I want to see if this Jesus heals. No hospital, no doctors. Those missionaries, they prayed and prayed. And that woman did not die. She was instantly healed. My father saw that miracle. He did not get a second wife, but he got salvation. Oh, that is that's so interesting because uh, even to the day, uh, the Zulu king has six wives. And uh, in fact, we've met one of the queens and had dinner with her at one of her houses. But the power, miraculous power of Jesus can change lives no matter what their motivation. I mean, I went to several churches because of the girls and then, but God really, you know, ministered my life. So he'll reach you no matter what. So your dad got saved. And so he stopped doing the ancestral worship. He then he became a, a minister. Am I right? That is correct, Brother James. From that time, my father forsook witchcraft, forsook to go to ancestral worship, and then uh, all the children that were born, they all lived, and I am one of them. My father got excited, and then he started to follow those missionaries wherever they went, and then uh, as time goes on, my father became a minister as well, uh, with the help of the missionaries from the United States of America. Once he became a minister... Uh did he start a work there in South Africa? How did that transition to you? So those missionaries started to help him uh, establish to uh, build a church. And then I am blessed to, to say that uh, those missionaries came to South Africa. Uh, in particular, this one, uh, James and Corinne Hilton, they came to South Africa. And then my father at that time, uh, his health was going down south. And then... Uh, my father asked James Hilton, said, well, will you please raise my child as your own child? Will you take him to America to study the word of God? And then if I can go back, uh, my father believed in the word of God. My father was very much in tune to the Holy Spirit. I was raised from a poor family. My father will prophesy over my life, said, uh, one day you will go to America and study the word of God. You will become a preacher. I will remember exactly, I was 11 years old. When my father spoke those words in my life, I was kicked out of school because in our schools, you are required to have a school uniform. At that time, school uniform was only costing $2. 
my father could not afford two dollars and yet at the same time he was speaking the words that I will go to America. It was in 1975. My father went to be with the Lord in 1987. In 1990, every word that he spoke into my life, it came to existence. God opened doors for me to come to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas, to study the Word of God, and then I went back to South Africa and to carry on with the God, God's work. That's just amazing. We can always understand that we can't look at the circumstances. When the Spirit is speaking something to us, we are prophesying something into existence. We don't look at what the current circumstances are, but we look at what the Spirit's telling us, and we prophesy that into existence. And so your dad was just—he wasn't—he was looking past what he could see, what he could afford, what he could physically do himself, looking to what the Spirit was telling him about you, and just prophesying that into existence. Now, I remember some stories that you were telling me, uh, because this was during apartheid that you were— working at the school after your father had passed away, and you were with, uh, in fact, I went to South Africa with uh, James Hilton. Uh, he came to a church that me and my father had started. He and his wife came because they were back in the States because of her health, and he was going back one Easter, the Easter 2005, and he said, I'm going to South Africa. Do you want to go with me? And I had a prophecy from in 1993 over me saying that, uh, a guy said, I, brother, I see you preaching on a platform, preaching to a sea of dark faces. Well, you know, I thought it would happen immediately. So then when he said go to, to, to Africa, I thought, well, there it is. This is going to be the prophecy. That's why I started becoming interested. And so that's how I came to know Jeremiah. But in those years before apartheid, before uh, it was done away with, you guys were building a Bible school and building in. Tell me some of the stories about you and, and Brother Hilton working on the church. My brother, I have so many miracles. If I can share all of them with you, uh, this room is not enough, but I will just share the few. Uh, South Africa became a democratic country uh, in 1994. But prior to that, the violence was so strong in South Africa uh, because it was more of now a power struggle, black against black. It happened that where the Bible school and my church is in the same premises. So these two major political parties, each time they fight or they were fighting, my school and the Bible school and my church, it was more or less like a battleground. I remember one time I was right in the middle of my preaching and then I was preaching and the Lord said, and then uh, we don't have air conditioning. So the church has a lot of windows we open and then standing on the pulpit, I can see the people shooting uh, each other. I was a little bit disturbed right in the middle of my sermon. If you have ever played those old records uh, that were spinning, if it has a scratch, it will just keep on saying one and the same thing. And then I could not continue with my sermon. I just kept on saying, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, until finally one of the ladies from my church noticed that I was, I was in trouble, I was disturbed, said, Pastor Jeremiah, let us kneel down and pray. I said, good idea. We were not kneeling down, we were all in our bellies on the floor. But the testimony is, through those years with the violence, not even a single window was broken because of that violence. Not even one person was hurt coming to church or going out to church. Uh, God protect his people. So through all that, so and then people were asking me, said, how come 
do you are you still there? I said the safest place in the world is where God wants you to be. My life many times were threatened. There was a one time that uh, I was driving with the students and with my family, and then a mob stopped me. Said, "Where? What is your name?" Where are you going? Where are, where are you coming from? Where do you live? You know, they ask hundreds of questions before you can even answer one. They find out where I was staying. Said, well, you are staying on the side of our enemies. They took my car keys and they pulled me out. And then they, they were in uh, in a process of putting a car tire in my neck and they fill it with a gasoline. And when they put a car tire in your neck, they say a neck necklacing. While they were in a process of doing that, they said that, that process, it takes about eight minutes to kill somebody. They were in a process of doing that in my life because I was on the other side. While they were in the process of doing that, came a man running towards us. He was one of them. I've never seen that man before. I've never seen that man after. Instead of fighting with me, he fought against with his colleagues. Said, what are you doing? Don't you know this man is a preacher? Let him go. They gave my car keys back. They said, preacher, will you please pray for us? I took my car keys. I said, I will pray for you. I was gone as fast as I can. I have seen the hand of God in my life. If that man was 30 seconds later, I wouldn't be sitting with you here today, my brother. So I'm saying that... Uh, when God calls you, he will protect you until the mission is accomplished. So I have seen that David said, though I walk in the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil for thou art with me. So I have seen the hand of God protecting me from being killed. And then God is good in my life. What God is doing for me, this is the message I have that he will do it for anybody. We have to trust and believe in him. That's, that's just awesome. He told me a story about he and, and Brother Hilton were on the roof of the, putting the roof on the Bible college, and they started fighting, and bullets were hitting the roof and, and all around them, but they never got hit by anything, and it never damaged any property, so it's just awesome. So, so you uh, got to go to the United States, studied at Christ for the Nations Institute in, in Dallas, Texas, founded by Gordon Lindsay. You learned a lot about the Word of God. Now, a lot of people wouldn't go back into that situation because they've been in America. They're exposed to America. It's, you know, land of opportunity. But you were actually, because that was, what, 1990 or something like that, you were going to go back into that fighting, back into that area. What really caused you to make that decision? What, why didn't you stay in the United States and say, well, I'll just I'll do my ministry here? I mean, what caused you to do that? The Word of God is like a fire shut in my bones and make your calling and election sure. And then if you do these things, you shall never fall. So it's, I have a passion and a desire to see where I am at today, as I mentioned to you, that uh, born in a poor family, being raised in a poor family, and then I see the hand of God that uh, he like what the Bible says that uh, he takes a poor man from the ashes and make him to sit with the kings. I have seen the grace of God upon my life. I've seen the favor. And I said, God is no respect of a person. So what changed my life, I did understand very well that uh, what I did, which turned around my life, is first I seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And the Bible says, all these things shall be added unto you. Main purpose, Jesus came on earth. It 
it was to preach the gospel, the kingdom of God, even to the other cities. The missionaries came to South Africa preaching the kingdom of God, which really changed my life. I experienced an abundant life. I experienced joy, peace, and happiness in the Holy Ghost. I said, what God has done for me, I have seen God opening doors, finding favor. I am one of the trusted pastors to the Zulu king. And then I have an experience and an opportunity to minister to him, to play golf with him. So all that, I said, you know, God has done so much great things in my life. I've, I've experienced the favor of God on Jeremiah the, th- all three times I've been there. But it's especially, uh, a, I'm especially aware of that around uh, special events and things like that, because whenever he has like a special service, that sort of thing, there are people from the royal family are there a lot of times. There are local dignitaries. There, I mean, because Jeremiah has has proven his integrity. He's been in that neighborhood, in that township. Of course, Kwamashu is pretty good size. It's not a little. It's what five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand people in a township, and so so he's been there this whole time. He went to America, but he came back, and he's just been faithful to work with the people there. Then he gained access into the royal family. They've accepted him. He's basically the chaplain for their family. He gets notification. They'll call him when things happen in their family before even the press gets hold of it, uh, within an hour or so of things happening. Even as of this podcast, uh, one of the princes has got sick and died. Within an hour of him passing away, he got a call, and it wasn't in the news till the next day. And so he's just very trusted. And that's just to go to show how being steadfast, being being there for people, having integrity, how that can, can benefit you. And so he had this opportunity to study in the United States. He could have stayed. A lot of people do, and that's great for them. And that's what. But he knew he was called to go back to his people and minister to his people. I know you're enjoying listening to this podcast with Jeremiah Medalosa. Jeremiah's from Durban, South Africa. Actually, he pastors a church in the township of Kwamashu, and it is one of the suburbs, and there's over 500,000 people in that suburb of Durban. Plus, he has an orphanage. He has a Bible school. Next week, we're going to hear why Jeremiah left America, because you can imagine the temptation of people, and several people succumb to that, that they come to the U.S. to be educated and they fall in love with the American way because it's a land of prosperity. And if you've ever been to where Jeremiah lives, it's quite different. Jeremiah became acclimated to the U.S. He became acclimated to our ways and loved it. But yet he still left there after he graduated and went back to South Africa. And next week you're going to get to hear his heart, hear why he went back. And you're going to be just moved beyond understanding with his response. So listen next week to hear his heart. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode. That way it automatically comes into your inbox and you don't miss it. Go onto your favorite platform, podcast platform, and rate and review the podcast. This, with the algorithms with Apple Music and iTunes and those sort of things, It actually helps people find it easier. If there's more ratings, higher ratings, and reviews, 
the more reviews we can get, the more people that are doing searches, it'll pop up at the top of their list. So if you'll do that for me. Also, don't forget to share. There's a share button to share on your favorite social media platform, whether it's uh, Twitter or Facebook or what have you. Be sure and share on your social media and tell people what this is meaning to you, how it's touching your heart and touching your life, how these podcasts are doing that, and specifically how Jeremiah is doing and how you're hearing some awesome stories and information. Be sure and go to the website discoveryou-book.com discoveryou-book.com and then again Jeremiah's website is listed in the description but it's lightforafrica.org lightforafrica.org my book is out if you go to my website then you can click the link there and you can actually order the book and then Jeremiah's book if it's not out yet it will be out shortly and you'll be able to go to his website and order his book there's so many stories on that book that he we couldn't get to in just this limited amount of time so I just kind of wanted to whet your appetite so you could get that so don't forget to listen next week and I appreciate you guys for staying with me and for supporting me also for speaking of supporting there's actually a link that you can Sign up to do monthly support for the podcast to help defray the cost of producing and distributing this podcast and helping to get guests and that sort of thing. So we're looking forward to doing more interviews, but you can do that. Anything is appreciated. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.